0: Who make their weekends more enjoyable reading the world's greatest comic and adventure pictures by the world's best artists, featured in every issue of The Comic Weekly? Insist on the Sunday newspaper that brings you The Comic Weekly. Jim and Kitty, after their almost miraculous escape from death at sea, find themselves stranded upon a lonely little island in the Pacific. Once they have established themselves with many primitive comforts created through the expert craftsmanship and knowledge of Jungle Jim, they experience long, lazy days in the sun, interrupted only by an hour or two spent in hunting and fishing with weapons and equipment fashioned from wood by Jim's pocket knife. The one thing that puzzles and somewhat disturbs Jim is Kitty's apparent lack of interest in their rescue. She actually seems to enjoy the life and is happy in this primitive setting, which is in complete contrast to the sheltered, highly civilized life to which he had always been accustomed. Kitty's almost hero-worshipping admiration for Jim's courage and resourcefulness also worries Jim, for he can sense in this a prelude to Kitty's falling completely in love with him, a situation Jim struggles to avoid.
1: Ah, there you are, Isaac Walton. Well, how's the fishing today?
2: The devotees of Isaac Walton won't thank you for that remark, Kitty. They believe in the orthodox method of fishing, with hook and line, rod and reel. But necessity being the mother of invention, I have to fall back on this fishing spear. It does the trick, though.
1: I know who you remind me of standing there, waist deep in water, with your trident up rays. It puzzled me for days. But now I've got it Father Neptune.
2: Hey, Kitty, go easy with those left handed compliments. <laughs> I'll admit I might need a shave and a haircut, but my hair hasn't grown that much.
1: No, but at the present rate of growth, it won't be long before you'll be sporting a full crop of hair and whiskers.
2: Not me, Kitty. I'm going to attempt a shave just as soon as I've speared our dinner. Uh,
1: don't tell me you've invented a new type of razor in your spare time. <laughs>
2: Absolutely. That's your answer to the mystery of my careful hunt and selection of those stones. I found a nice one to use to grind the big blade of my jackknife down. I'll use my belt as a holding strop.
1: I should have known better than to even question your ingenuity, Mr. Bradley. I always lose. Ah,
2: there's the baby I've been trying to get. He's dodged me for a long time, but I got him now. How do you like this, Kitty?
1: It's a beauty. More than enough our small needs.
2: Oh, no. Not when I show you how to bake this. Wait till I come ashore and I'll give you the recipe.
1: Ever stop surprising me. You not only bring home the dinner, but you have a special recipe worthy of George Rector to prepare it. <laughs>
2: oh, now, this is no Rector Oscar of the Waldorf special. This is an original dish, k- uh, Kitty, created by the Malay natives. And it's equal to any of the fancy continental cooking you've ever tasted.
1: I don't doubt that. You're a wizard of the kitchen, Jim. Mm,
2: you're not doing so badly yourself, Kitty. You're certainly a very apt pupil. Thank you. Now, uh, let's go over to our al fresco hotel... And I'll show you how to put this new little dish together. Do you like Pompano?
1: I adore it, Jim.
2: Oh, swell. And you like this. This fish has a flavor that closely resembles Pompano. And the method the Malay natives use in baking it gives it a natted flavor. It uh, takes a little time to prepare, but it's certainly worth the trouble.
1: Oh, stop it, Jim. I had a good appetite as it was, but if you keep on tantalizing your description, I won't be able to wait <laughs> no. until dinner. Without doubt is the highest culinary achievement in your career, Jim. The most delicious dinner I've ever had.
2: Hey, hold on now, Kitty. You're taking in too much territory. For anyone who has dined in the best places on both sides of the earth...
1: On me, Jim, honestly. (laughs) Why, I wouldn't trade the finest dinner from the greatest chef in the most luxurious hotel in the world for the meal we've just finished. In fact, I've never enjoyed life as completely as I'm enjoying it now.
2: Now, Kitty... Don't let enthusiasm run away with you. I'll admit there may be a touch of color and glamour to the initial novelty of the existence like this, but it's not even skin deep when it wears, and it wears out awfully fast.
1: Why do you constantly try to disillusion me about this kind of life? I tell you frankly, Jim, it isn't going to do the slightest good. I repeat with more emphasis than ever, for the first time in my life, I am completely and serenely happy. I've everything I've always wanted in life.
2: Oh, come now, Kitty. You can't make me believe that. A woman who has had all the advantages you've had.
1: Why do you always bring up the past, Jim? The past is a dead issue, and the present is a living, vibrant experience that, if lived wisely, prepares one's pattern for the future.
2: Very well put, Kitty. And I'm frank to say convincing. But uh, to put it bluntly, I know you.
1: I'll contest that statement to my last breath. Oh, I'll admit you have a vast intelligence, a wealth of knowledge in most of the essential requisites of life, but there are two vital forces very necessary to a man's complete happiness that you are woefully ignorant of, and I suspect you're very much afraid of.
2: And, uh, I suppose one of them is you?
1: Not exactly, but women in general, and me in particular.
2: Well, suppose I reluctantly admit my lack of understanding of the opposite sex, uh, What other vital force have I failed to grasp a working knowledge of?
1: The answer to that is so apparent, it really needs no answer. But perhaps it's because it's so obvious you've overlooked it.
2: Like the fellow who couldn't see the forest for the trees?
1: (laughs) Exactly. As a matter of fact, there are none so blind as those who won't see, and I think you have deliberately closed your eyes, as well as your heart, to the one thing you need above all else, a woman's love.
2: Well, I've managed to survive pretty well so far, Kitty, without it.
1: That remark proves my point, that you're so completely ignorant of it. Because if you could recognize it, you'd realize you'd never been without it. There's always been a woman in your life, but either you've run away from it, or the woman has finally given up the hopeless struggle.
2: Well, according to your philosophy of the power of love, Kitty, uh, these women were weak, or they would have gone on.
1: There's a limit, you know, to even superhuman patience and endurance. But just because a woman's gone out of your life, it doesn't necessarily mean they've stopped loving you.
2: Say, you're quite an authority on the subject. Such knowledge only comes through years of study and practice, Kitty.
1: (laughs) Don't try to laugh your way out of this. Mr. Brill loved you once.
2: Now, uh, suppose we leave her out of this discussion, Kitty.
1: Why? Are you afraid to face the truth?
2: Certainly not. And you're wrong about Lil ever being in love with me. We were very good friends, firm partners in a business venture, and were drawn together by the common dangers we faced together.
1: Jim, you're hopeless. But I still will go on trying to make you see the light. Mr. Rill did love you once. A woman's heaven-sent intuition tells me that. But despite all her efforts to make you realize... She failed. And finally decided she'd lost and walked out of the game.
2: Do you really believe that?
1: I know it. How? Oh, I can't explain. I know it's the truth. But it wasn't so much that Miss DeVril lost. It is you that lost the most. And you go on losing, I suppose.
2: Unless I come to my senses and realize that I need a woman's love, and take it while I may the opportunity might not present itself when I need it most. Is that it?
1: Yes. That's about the real truth of the matter. There's no disgrace in the truth if one admits it and faces it. I love you, Jim. You could love me if you let yourself. I could be happy with you. And I know I could make you happy with me.
2: You may be right, Kitty. But it's something I know can't happen now. What the future holds, nobody knows. I don't want to be cruel or brutal about it, Kitty. But the truth is, I know I don't love you now. And I don't want to deceive you into thinking I ever shall. Oh, come on. Please, let's drop the discussion now, hmm? I'd like to go off alone somewhere and think things out.
0: And while Jim and Kitty struggle with their emotions on the lonely island in the far-off Pacific, back in Singapore, Lil is reunited with Kolo. Lil has told Kolo of Tony Lowry's visit, their conference with Mr. Wang, and of her decision to abandon the search for Jim, having been convinced that Kitty and Jim were lost forever.
3: And so, Kolo, I... I don't know what to do. I don't want to tie you down. With your reputation as right-hand man to jungle Jim Bradley, they're plenty of explorers and adventurers who'd be glad to avail themselves of your services and pay handsomely for them at that.
4: But, Missy Lil, maybe you want to do something soon. Maybe need Colo.
3: It's possible, Colo. I can't sit around and mourn Jim's loss for the rest of my life without doing anything. Jim wouldn't want that, and I know I don't. But at the same time, it may be weeks, months, before I'll turn my hand to anything.
4: Then if it'd be just the same to you, Missy Lil. Kolo wait, too. Like it much better always to serve you.
3: You're perfectly swell, Kolo. That's what I hoped you'd say. But I didn't want to influence your judgment. There must be something waiting for us somewhere. Well, you we have a visitor, Kolo well, Mr. Wang, probably. Although he generally has himself announced downstairs.
4: Excuse me, Miss Elyle. go see who is at door. All right. Is Miss Lily de in? If so, I would like to see her. Yes, one moment, please.
3: Who is it, Colu?
4: His Highness, the Raja Pondahori, would like to see you.
3: Very well, Colu, show him in.
4: Yes, Missy Lil, You enter, please, Your Highness. Thank you. There is no need now for me to introduce myself as your excellent manservant has taken care of that very nicely. How he knew my name, I do not know. I don't think I have ever met him before. And by his dress and appearance, I know he is not of my uncle's kingdom or of my faith. Excuse Missy Lill and your highness, but Kolu know this man by his brother, Ramit Singh. He has been here? But no, that is impossible. It could not be.
3: Well, this is all very confusing, your highness. Perhaps you'd better start again by telling me the reason for your sudden visit and why you were not properly announced from the desk downstairs.
4: First, let me hasten to apologize for my rudeness, Miss de but I'm sure you will forgive me when I tell you that if my presence here was known to certain forces on the outside, as well as the purpose of this visit, I would even now be lying dead with a poisoned dagger in my back, or a bullet through this most worthless head of mine.
0: Who is the strange oriental visitor who has just paid such a sudden and unannounced visit to Lil's hotel suite? What is the purpose of this visit and the danger that lurks behind it? Don't miss the next exciting episode in the adventures of Jungle Jim. Remember, you can follow these adventures in the full-color action pictures to be found in the Comic Weekly. The world's greatest comic supplement containing the best full-color adventure and comic pictures. Remember, no other comic supplement can give you the top names of Cartoonland, like the all-star favorites to be found in the Comic Weekly. The whole family follow the fun and frolics of Jigs and Maggie, the Little King, the immortal Donald Duck, as well as the exciting adventures of Flash Gordon and Jungle Jim.